Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has come to this. We're here, baby. We're at the gate. <laughs> it's about time. We're knocking at the gate. We've been meaning to do this one for a while. So I'm glad we're getting it, getting I'm, it going. I'm, I'm Charlie. Happy. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. We love movies here, and we have a real comfort zone that we can fall back into at any time. It's that cushy 1987 mm-hmm. horror kind of cushiness. It's a real easy go-to. Real easy to mine those those fields, right? There's plenty of them. We've right? done we've done dolls, you know. There's the Lost Boys, Evil Dead Two. Like, there's a lot. Like those years were all a bad. lot of years where kids are involved. A lot of kid kid centric, you know, taking on the bad guys. They don't make horror. them like this anymore. The kid horror, yeah. and PG thirteen horror like this. This is a really great example of all those things. Mm-hmm. That era. I'm a big softy for it. takes a lot to make me diss a movie from that era. So, of course, I love The Gate. <laughs> I love The Gate. Oh, yeah. Big this time. is cool. This is all the stuff I want out of a movie, a horror movie from 1987. All of it. It's got slimy little creatures that are yep. sometimes real men in rubber suits. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you know? stop motion. Sometimes, uh, yeah. It's got some really funny lines. And it's got a bunch of kids who look like actual kids. Getting into yes. a fun-ass horror story. Real kids, pretty low stakes, but also could be the end of the world. Happening in Canada. Yeah, Canadian. <laughs> Gotta you know, have that on the list. It's so good. All yeah. these movies, I see it immediately how they look. It's like, well, I know I love this. this <laughs> just is, by the house. You could tell just by the neighborhood. Right? Mm-hmm. I know this, From the Canadian, opening moment. this Canadian horror thriller is going <laughs> to hit me right where I want it, right? It's our boy Tibor Takax. <laughs> You know, I Master of Horror, Tibor Takax. Yeah, baby. He did The Gate. He did The Gate 2. Mm-hmm. Electric he did, Boogaloo. He did dozens of Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, those are yeah. those are terrifying. No lightweight. No. No real lightweight here, man. This is Tibor. Now, what we do get, I saw this name pop up, and it's one of those, we see these crewmen and effects names pop up in these movies we watch so much that eventually you just learn them. Uh-huh. And there's one that really stuck going, Rand- Randall William Cook. Mm. I'm going, why is that familiar? Immediately, it's like, cue the winged serpent, Ghostbusters, The Thing, oh, wow. Fright Night. These kind of, you know, screaming mad George they got the right guy. effects, yeah. right? These kind of high-end effects. And then you look at their later career, and it's like, won four Oscars for the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, <laughs> all these guys who made slimy latex monster costumes in 1987. I love to see that. Are all working in like high-end Marvel like uh-huh. effects stuff like 25, Same with the years stunt later. guys, right? Yeah. yeah, all the stuff, right? Spiro's coordinating all the Fast and the Furious and Marvel He's movies. working with Paul Rudd right now. Exactly, he's hanging out on a yacht in Kansas with Rudd. (laughs) I don't know, Rudd's an everyday kind of guy, right? Not a star. No, uh, this is, you know, one of these great feel-good kind of comfort horror movies that really excels within its PG-13 rating. Now, I have no kind of history with this movie. I did not see this as a kid. It seems like one that you'd see playing on TV if it really, you know, PG-13 right. rating, but I never did. I didn't see this until deep into my adulthood. Yeah, I think this was, it was for me, this kind of the same thing. Like this and then Monster Squad, both like came into my my eardrums from some Hot Topic commercial or something <laughs> when I was in my mid-20s. See, I think that's it. I saw Monster Squad at Andrew Elloway's sleepover, mm. so I bet it was down to the gate. Or Monster Squad <laughs> and, and Wheeling Squad. So that's a PG-13, 1987 horror that that was one of my entry points, you know? Yeah. That's an important thing with PG-13. I didn't see the gate, but I know there's a bunch of kids out there who were like eight years old. Oh, yeah. And they saw the gate, and they saw a Barbie doll getting stabbed through a guy's eyeball. <laughs> you know, they saw some stuff that they'd never seen before in whatever other horror they'd seen. And so even though I didn't experience that firsthand with gate, Movies like The Gate are important 
mm-hmm. for that reason. PG-13 horror is always important, man. Remember how good Signs was? <laughs> Remember when we got scared at Signs? We didn't need gore so in scared. Signs. I was so you don't need scared foul language. Signs, man. Yeah. I was petrified in Signs, <laughs> man. PG-13. We're doing that. The Ring is PG-13. Sure. Lost Boys is probably PG-13. I don't know. Lost Boys probably are. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> People Boy, get impaled and died, and there's a lot of heavy sexual <laughs> subtext. Like, it's probably are. This one just has teenagers calling each other's the F-slur. Oh, So man. it's PG-13. <laughs> this is a pretty tame movie, all things considered. Yeah, this is definitely a movie from, like, the 10 to 12-year-old perspective. And it plays it really well, like... This feels very much like a movie from the perspective of a 10 to 12-year-old who's totally pretty much a nerd, but maybe likes rock music, but maybe his imagination's running away with him a little bit, you know? A lot of fantasy in this. Oh, in yeah. a very, uh, you know, cheaper phantasm kind of way. He's having some predictive dreams, some fears about growing up and being alone, you know, like a lot of that kind of phantasm adult emotion setting into this cute little pudgy faced <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Now, this was the name I recognized, the only name I recognized from this. Uh, you didn't credits. recognize your girl Kelly Dawson, star of 187. I, after the fact, I did make that a lot connection. of Kelly Rowan. Yeah, Kelly Rowan is One making of the Lee sisters. Yeah, making her mark here. So even if Dorff is the only name, name out of this i loved the faces in this some great yeah. kids these are all great kids actually mm-hmm. i really like all of them steven yeah. dorf i know the the two boys are older than they, they're probably 13 but they're playing like 10 year olds mm-hmm. and the girls are all probably you know 16 playing 13 but the great cast of kids great sister al great teens yeah. terry though terry what a what a <laughs> standout star this is Terry's movie, baby. Yeah. That kid is not in a lot of credits. Oh, no. But I, Terry is... He never a, made the, the leap from Canadian to <laughs> mainstream. He's like yeah. a kid that shows up in one great Are You Afraid of the Dark. There Who's you go. that redhead legend in the striped t-shirt? <laughs> Terry, man. What a great best friend in this movie. He's an all-timer. He is a believably nerdy kid. He's got the dead mom. Gotta have that. Into metal. Oh, your metal. Do you remember your first metal friend? I remember uh, liking Metallica, but also being a huge nerd. Not, <laughs> not like, not quite uh, as nerdy as Terry, but Terry with like the punk band patches on his Dude, jean Terry jacket. The, with the Venom patch and, on his jacket. Just like also like the biggest nerdiest glasses you could find. Yeah, those square, thick plastic glasses. Horror movie and like Venom patches on the back the kind of friend who seems like a nice kid but then when he leaves your mom's like what are killer dwarves <laughs> she has friends about questions about your friend yeah, terry really. right but feels bad because his mom's dead. terry's a little there's a little bit of uh something's under the surface with terry he catches like moths in a jar and just like lets them suffocate he is a little bit he's a tough He's a little bit pushy He's about wanting to like do father, stuff. Yeah, unresolved feelings about yeah. his dead mother that he lost when he was ten. Mm-hmm. Escapes into the world of satanic heavy metal music with backmasking. Charlie, they did a backmasking <laughs> segment with two like ten-year-olds in this. It's so sick. That's a red flag right there. No, I mean I remember my my metal my my friend Boyd man. Went over to his place in his brother's room. We snuck in there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I saw like Iron Maiden posters for the first time. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen this. Like, I'd never seen, like, I didn't know who Cannibal Corpse was. Why should I at that age? That's, right? Nope. That's too intense. Seeing Eddie, like, yeah. holding up a Union Jack, like, <laughs> just like, what's with your brother? Like, this is shocking stuff, you know? So your metal friend is just like, man, he has like a Grim Reaper CD. But he was a nerd, right? Like there was but he's no, still a nerd. Yeah, no the metal cool, kids are still nerds. Like eleven-year-old metal kids. No, you had to make the transition. Usually, there needs to be an older brother involved. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like copying him wearing the vest. Then you're listening to his like rat albums. And then it grows up. But and then you he's metal, like Mark right? Price from Trick or Treat. <laughs> totally. He's also a nerd. A lot of high kicks. <laughs> um, but I love Terry. I love his. I love his kid read when uh, Steven Dorse crying in his room and he turns to Alan and goes, 
It's probably because he cried in front of everyone. <laughs> it's like, man, this kid. I love this kid. Thanks, Doc. Good insight. He's Terry. got a good dry wit. Yeah, he, this kid's funny. Him and Glenn, uh, Stephen Dorff, also just like Terry, Glenn, and Al. <laughs> Glenn. These are your three main kids. Terry, Glenn, and Al, like three guys that should be working the the shift down at the water. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? You would go down to Meineke, yeah. see Terry, Glenn, exactly. and Al. They sound like they're from Kenosha. <laughs> well, I guess you know Toronto. But yeah, the uh, yeah they just have the, such a great meanness to them. Like there's good, there's some good mean teens in this, but not yeah. so mean, not yeah. cruel like Buddy Reperton, Switchblade cruel. We're just getting but just like the back and forth of kids, just like bite me kind of stuff. Yeah, you yeah. get you get Glenn like a, a few like made up insults. Mm-hmm. And a horror movie is always good when it introduces like a made up insult. Like, remember how the room fell out of the chairs when Eat Shit and Live gets <laughs> dropped in Sleepaway Camp? Right. It was right there in front of everyone's eyes, yet none of us have ever heard it. And there it was. He fell out. That moment in everybody's life when Elliot calls his brother penis breath. <laughs> these are moments <laughs> these spielberg yeah. knew then he forgot he forgot <laughs> what what made these memories right no penis breath in the fable miss. yeah he took it big, out of lincoln too <laughs> lincoln coward. famously four <laughs> score and seven penis breaths <laughs> so yeah we get some great like kid it's like did kids say that i don't know terry's listening to these heavy metal records He's picking yeah. up a lot of bad influences Glenn, around. Glenn is also, he, he doesn't shy away. He calls uh, his sister's friends like, some clown faces. and Clown face is a pretty good one Yeah, to drop on the Lee sisters. The Lee sisters. I love how much he hates Ugh. the Lee sisters. They do the, I love, they yeah, do the vomit thing. <laughs> I think what really that makes this movie for me is how much Glenn and Terry act like just a couple of old guys. <laughs> it's really like a too much tuna situation with just a couple of old dudes steven dorf has so many of these like oh brother <laughs> kind of reaction absolutely he is just like come on terry <laughs> so many times i love these two together so much it's like i saw some complaints that steven dorf's boring and i kind of love how much he is legitimately freaking out when things are crazy and the rest of the time he's just like oh, man <laughs> I love these there's kids. A, there's a moment uh, I love in this movie where Terry's telling them about the, the gate. So they find a big hole in the backyard. They think demons are coming out of it. Terry's uh, listened to this record. And uh, little Glenn goes, Terry, this is a record album. <laughs> a record album. Yeah. I was going to drop like, a record what, album on you. Is that what they call it in Canada? <laughs> record album. I like our little peek into Terry's home life with his with his like away on business dad and trash and dishes piling up empty pe- like yeah that's tough dad this, needs to get a house cleaner this uh this mom dying they have not done well mm-hmm. is starting to is starting to fall apart but he has gotten a quite a tidy record collection growing this guy's got some some sick vinyl yeah and him knowing what backmasking is and getting full backmasking i'm telling you the coolest. Now I know what bat masking is for our right. listeners. Oh sure, for the folks out there at home. <laughs> is that when he's spinning the record backwards? Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul is dead, kind of stuff. When, when uh, growing up at church, I guess I never knew that had a, a term. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's the term. We uh, we watched this series in Sabbath school at church. You know, the church for teens called Hell's Bells. Oh hell yeah! And it was the. I was so excited to go to church for like five weeks because we were going through this huge, huge. Oh, metal. they were, they were playing time. you the records? Yeah. Or? It was supposed to be just like the secret, like devil stuff hidden in rock music. But I have to imagine so many other kids in there were just like, oh shit, this is so cool. It's so cool. They're just like, yeah, but when you play this sick sounding record, but like, here's this cool song, Stairway to Heaven, but also when you play it backwards, it says other stuff. And we're supposed to be like, that's scary. But why did they have to play it for you? They could have just told you that, I don't, right? So I think that's, <laughs> I don't know if this was like a documentary that got big. I honestly don't know. I haven't really looked at this up. If it was just a thing that was in Christian bookstores mm. or if it was actually like a big series. But it's a guy standing at the front of an, like, 
just a lecture hall with a record player and some other stuff. And he's talking about just like hidden Satan messages in music. And it's just like a room full of parents attending a lecture, but it's all filmed. And then, but it all, the whole thing shows like, it's like, yeah, the evilness in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Here's a couple of clips from it. And it says just like, holy shit, that's what the wall looks like. That's insane. Like it is the, the best in, like it's, has to be intended to get people to put away Zoso. Don't yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. Rush. Yeah. <laughs> he has 37 drums for a reason. If like, they did it today, it'd be like, buy all the copies you can and then destroy them yeah, to get so, back at them. <laughs> but it all was the coolest thing, right? Yeah. It's the coolest thing. So the fact that Batman is oh, showing up in a movie, parents were frightened. <laughs> they were frightened about these satanic messages. So I love the metal friend. I love... Are you comfortable talking about that time you levitated at that party? <laughs> I meant to bring that up before. I didn't want I didn't want you to run crying off to your room. This again. is one of the weirder parties that you see in a movie. As far as teenage parties go. The the I love that the movie is just like the parents are going away. So it's basically adventures in babysitting or or one of those <laughs> kind of movies except with demons. But with the gate of hell being opened yeah. up by metal and chanting. Uh, but yeah, then when Al, our older sister, has the party, and it's a pretty, pretty fun little raucous party at the beginning, although Al's like cleaning up constantly. It's stressful. Uh, That's why I never not threw good, one. Yeah, not fun to... My parents had not antiques. At the, not at the parents' house. No. no, that's too much. Couldn't do it. You gotta go find some, some bum's house to I was do at that. a party at the end of high school that a kid's grandparents came to check on him. Oh, no. During the party. Oh, boy. <laughs> record just like oh man oh there's more to that i won't get i won't stomp all over the gate but it's the funniest i remember i remember it's way funnier than any story i'm gonna tell the game but i i remember being at a party in high school and i was like i don't i think this is a vacant house that someone just like (laughs) knew wasn't like wasn't occupied i was like are you seeing that there's like nothing on the walls or no furniture or anything it's just like i think this is just (laughs) That one that I went model to, man, house. it was a kid going for it, and I'll always yeah. respect it, even though it ended in him crying in front of everyone. <sighs> yeah. He threw this party the second his mom was gone, because it was like it was like he believed the movies, and I love it. It was like, this is my chance. I know my grandparents are almost surely going to check on me, because that sucks. Maybe they won't, though. But maybe they won't. But I'll be a hero. <laughs> Buddy, he left Flyers for the party at the library. (laughs) (laughs) We showed up to David L's party. No, that's no good. D. Lockman's party. (laughs) And there were 400 people in this cul-de-sac. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was passing about at supermarkets. His flyers said. He took his chance. I'll have beer and weed. (laughs) <laughs> he gave his address. <laughs> How did the cops not just show up at like 7 p.m.? Oh, man. Like, David, you don't. I didn't know about this. the flyers until we got there and somebody had the flyer. I had no idea. That's we were so expecting funny. it would be the worst party ever because I'd been to this dude's parties. He, you knew he was going to have beer and weed. I didn't know that. I didn't see the flyers. I would have never those guessed. Flyer he would, only information. I would have never guessed he would have been able to obtain those. Maybe he didn't even think he could. Yeah. But if you want to get people Maybe to show up, he didn't up to put your those party, flyers out. Maybe someone knew no, to sabotage no, this dude him. put out the flyers. Okay. And when those grandparents showed up and he burst into tears in the mid like the room cleared. Mm-hmm. If only he that wasn't on the if only like Stephen Dorff, David would have known. To use the, to absolutely shut the door with his use of the F slur. (laughs) Making it so nobody else could ever use that slur again. The way Dorf leans casually over his shoulder and just shuts that guy's Uh. mouth. That guy looked like he was not expecting Dorf to call him that. I always forget that word comes up in the 80s. We've and, been hitting a 90s. lot of them lately, man. <laughs> we have been going through. I think through. they're in there more than you think. I think yeah. the the F-A-G word was thrown around pretty loosely. Uh, maybe up until like 10 years ago. Or I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I was a grade school uh, user, of course. Yeah, That rule was everywhere in the, in the early 90s. But... 
Um, I've never seen it. But I would it. never say it to a teenager as like a 10-year-old. That's what's so ballsy about Steven Dorff getting up and just calling this lover boy. Uh, uh, just, it, it just slides out like a snake. It's so great the way he says he it and runs off. He uses it so well Ugh. that it transcends the, opening. the use of the word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to put it in the, in the podcast opening now. It is the one usage of the word that I think... Even if somebody who like staunchly disagrees with its usage, you'd kind of get them to go hmm? like an eyebrow. Yeah. It is so effortlessly just tossed off, and yet couldn't have been timed better. It's pretty. It's it's it got me watching it again, having not seen this movie in a while. It was like oh, <laughs> and then one of the uh, Lee sisters tries to use that word later, falls flatter than a pancake. Couldn't been deader. No one wanted to hear that. In the theater, people were stunned into laughter at the first usage. When the Lee sister tries it, it gets kind of a hoof. Ugh. Like, yeah. What a hack. <laughs> there you go, Cindy. But this, <laughs> but this, have you ever had a high school party that then turns into like a seance slash ghost story like campfire party? That was the fear, right? <laughs> the parents were afraid of Satanism in 1987. That's what the kids were doing. They'd come over, they'd dance for about an hour, and then they'd all sit around on the couch and tell horror stories. Ouija boards, they sold a lot of Ouija boards in those eras, That's true. We haven't even covered witch board or witch trap, but the Ouija boards were out there. We haven't even covered Ouija, colon, the movie. (laughs) A real title of a real movie. And there has to be a sequel that was like Ouija, the beginning or something. There was Ouija too. The legend too. of Curly's Gold. Ouija too. <laughs> Citizens on Patrol. Ouija. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure there was like a positive Rotten Tomatoes movie called Ouija the Movie. Mm-hmm. Or Ouija Movie. Maybe I'm just remembering a bad hashtag for it. I might be messing Maybe. this up. Maybe. But let me tell you Are you, you thinking what. of Joanna Man? <laughs> <laughs> this levitation at a party. This movie dabbles in Satanism. And levitates a kid, and then everybody's just like, settle down, kid. <laughs> Steven Dorf levitates 12 feet into the air and rips a sconce off the wall, and everybody's like, okay, baby. It's so weird when that happens. Yeah, the first of all, the weird girl then takes over this horror story thing. It's like, stuff like that happens all the time. I'll show you. Well, I could make someone levitate right now. And no one is shutting her down. They're like, let's hear what Cindy has to this say. This nerd girl is shooting her shot because yeah. the cool hunky guy is telling the ghost story and she's like, this is my way in. <laughs> she Maybe really some light Satanism. is eager to share her witchcraft. She gets some good gags. And uh, yeah, when they float Steven Dorff across the room, no one acts like they haven't seen something insanely People handle unrealistic. that very cool. They're just like, well, what else you got? And then even the girl who who like did it is like, I guess I won't be doing that again. <laughs> no, I guess wah, not. Wah, wah. I made a child levitate across a room. Who knows what <laughs> terrible powers you're capable of. The perfect of. touch to this. I noticed this this last time, man. Half the room sitting around eating just this shitty ass Papa Murphy's. <laughs> 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 that Canadian pizza does not look good. There's like parties in your 20s where there's like never food, but always a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. That specific feeling you had. But then occasionally some guy's like, I got like one pizza. And you just like taste this awful ass Papa Murphy's. And it's only one slice because there's only one. It's just like, man, this is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, this is not bad. I had that at a party like a year or two ago, like a family get together. So and it was just Costco pizza. Yeah. And it was like, Oh man, this Costco pizza is rough. And then, like four slices later, I was like, "God damn it! If I could only bring one thing to a desert island, <laughs> it might be Costco cheese pizza." Like how good, like a, a, a like a Little Caesars hot and ready can actually taste. It's like, no, actually, uh. guys, it's pretty good for seven dollars. It's actually pretty good. The pepperoni is scarce. But then like, we levitated my brother, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, we're just eating this awful Papa Murphs, where like the ends crispy, but the middle's still like a little soft in the dough. It never warms up right. And then he runs off and Terry has to drop the, I think it's because he cried in front of everybody. Like, <laughs> Terry? Poor buddy. Stephen Dorf At least, is such you know, like Terry's a- got his, Terry does run off with him, you know. He doesn't, he's got his back. He's his These friend are- that gets him into mischief. Yeah. And makes him listen to kind of scary records. But is also a pretty good friend. This felt like pretty a friend yeah. of the end. I really like these two kids as friends. They felt 
like what it re- it felt like what I remember of having a friend at that age where you had like automatic sleepovers, but you'd still like go home and like have your own time to listen to your death metal records yeah, man. on your own. And then you'd be like, I guess I'll just see you in a couple hours or get back to you soon. And it's like, yeah. My friend Willie's house had the, his room had this gigantic Yoda poster. It's just like, I don't even where did this guy get this Yoda poster? <laughs> How everybody that first time you see somebody's room just looks different. Yeah, yeah. you even think to done this kind of thing with my room, where it's just a dirtier room than you've seen. Oh man, those are the best kind of friends. Dirty room metalhead friends. But you like always had like your spot in the room that you would sleep on. <laughs> yeah, the in. designated friend spot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the best stuff. This movie had all those good vibes. Yeah. I really bought into the friendship here. Good sister-brother dynamic, too. Mm-hmm. Al was stepping in it, but she was a good sister. Yeah, I like Al a lot in this. Mm-hmm. I, I think all the kids are really good. They act scared when they need to be scared. There's a, like the last half hour of this movie is just screaming for, for the most part. <laughs> screaming and cool practical effects. Yeah. Bunch of guys in slimy wetsuits. God. Demons aren't going to ring your doorbell. No. Is I think <laughs> what Terry says at one point. They wouldn't ring the doorbell. When there's, when Steve a genuine thing to try to make his friend feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Terry gets all those great lines just like, you got demons. <laughs> I've done some reading on record sleeves. Best Terry line has to be when one of the Lee sisters faints and then comes to and starts screaming. And he's like, someone knock her out again. <laughs> <laughs> Are those perfect? Oh, Terry. Terry's such a good kid. He just wants the best. I also like once this movie kicks in overdrive, you get 45 minutes of kids, and then you get a hardcore push with nothing but monsters and kids screaming in reaction to these monsters. Second, those hands reach out and grab Al under the bed. Oh, yeah. We're in we're in overdrive. Yeah, it takes like 45 minutes for like the gate to really open up. You get some weird like, oh, the ground is open again. But then... I think those little demons finally show up like pretty late into the, uh, or like halfway through the movie. Also, already. a pretty traumatic family pet death <laughs> that keeps getting played for yeah. some rough laughs. Poor Angus. Angus got did. If they did not resurrect that dog in the conclusion of this movie, thank they had to know like, this dog got done raw for the <laughs> whole movie up until that. Point. They don't treat his body with much respect, do they? This. Dog corpse got <laughs> desecrated for the first forty-five minutes of this. I gotta say though, it made me like <laughs> it made me like the lover boy guy more because at first he just seemed like this jerk who's like trying to get in Al's pants, and then it's like, well, he's driving this dog corpse all over town trying to find a place to bury it for her. He so. is slinging and dragging this dog <laughs> like a sack of potatoes, man. The the dogs. Corpse place is closed, so they have to go somewhere. And he ends up back at home. I mean, the dog's body's in his car. He's got his nice convertible he, car they with kept a exploiting dog poor in it. dead Angus for several like jump reactions. This poor dead dog just coming up is just more and more just like like jeez. This kid lost his old family pet. I love the little line where he, Angus is cute. That's a mm-hmm. cute shaggy mutt walking through a party. Somebody give that dog a beer. Fucking <laughs> stupid teens. But when Don't Ter- you dare. when Terry talks about how much Angus stinks and, and Glenn's like, I'd like to smell you when you're ninety seven. He knows his dog years age. I also yeah, I like he bring he brings that up again. Once Angus has died, he's like, Yeah, he's pretty old. He was ninety seven. They don't live much past that. Like he's really drilled into this ninety seven. Dwarf reads it's i tell you he's like an old dude yeah he's like well 97 i mean how much more what are you gonna ask <laughs> it was pretty right? old yeah he had a good run <laughs> he's really coping well with a lot of these things because he just is an old dude mm-hmm. i love him love that old guy also, with a bowl haircut you know we uh i also think this whole movie obviously it starts with like a dream sequence but it's like this movie the more i i, I watched it i've seen it twice in the last week now mm-hmm and it's like the second time I watched it, I was like, this could also just be a, a dream. The entire the movie. The kid dreams a lot. It really has a, and the whole, especially the last half where they actually encounter the demons, very dream logic of just like, yeah, you just kind of step on them and run away. They don't really hurt you. <laughs> you know, or it's like the the dead construction worker in the wall that was the story he heard about. And 
Then the fact that he just basically wins by shooting his favorite rocket into the demon and all's well. It's like that's uh that's a ten year old's way of telling a story. <laughs> we really get to learn about a ten year old's obsession with model rockets. Yeah. In unnecessary parts of this they they really have to make rockets feel like a part of this kid's personality even just to set up the end. It's like they could have just fired a rocket at that cool demon. He's wearing the rocket jacket. He's talking about rockets. There's rockets under his bed. He's He's got some present he never opened up that's a rocket thing. <laughs> the biggest rocket he's ever seen. Yeah. Keep it in Rocket Club, kid. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> like, grow up. You're going to use a rocket at the end. We get it. I mean, it. I get you cried in front of everybody, but come on. <laughs> it's probably because he levitated. <laughs> Probably because he levitated, <laughs> crashed headfirst into a sconce and pulled it off. Yeah. Fell hard from 13 feet. Maybe it was the fall, Terry. He landed on his hip. All right. I know we're invincible yeah. when we're 10, but come on. Also, it would be terrifying if someone levitated you against your will. You don't yeah, want yeah. that. I'll be in charge of my own levitation. Thank you very much. You ever had those moments where you think you levitated when you were a kid? No. <laughs> I have this one memory. Here's my my connection here. Okay. I remember I made a catch in baseball where I jumped up. Mm -hmm. And it felt like higher than I have ever jumped before or since. Just in this moment, felt like there was no way I could have made this jump. And I did. There's no explanation for it. Yeah. And maybe I barely left my feet. (laughs) You know, maybe we're just dumb kids and it turns out I was 11. Yeah. And I just made a cool catch and my brain exaggerated it. We don't really know. I'm not saying I've ever levitated feet, but there's moments where you're just like, did I do this? Yeah. We have these moments of physical capabilities that we didn't know we have. I mean, not so much anymore. I'm old as shit. I have no, <laughs> no, yeah. I have no strength As children, whatsoever. though, sure. Yeah. As children, though, sure. A lot of weird stuff's happening. No, but, yeah, since it establishes our, our young Glenn as a kid who might exaggerate images, the, the movie starts with him having a dream of him getting hit by lightning while in his treehouse. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, the treehouse, like, lightning, I guess, struck his treehouse? Yeah, maybe he made it happen. Right, the whole thing. This whole movie could be fake. Glenn could be just taking us for a ride. I also, yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't ever think I levitated, but I definitely pretended in the same way they do, thinking that the hole in the backyard that's clearly a tree being taken out is now a gate to hell. Or, you know, we would have the, we had kind of a wild, you know, overgrown area behind our place, and it was like, We'd build the fort there. We'd go, you know. Yeah. The, the, this movie feels very much like the way a kid just like gets into a fantasy about digging for treasure or, you know, they're looking for geodes. Yeah. Head oh, and yeah. Stuff after in the, the yard. Me and my buddy Colin. Turning that into this gate to hell thing. We live, we grew up kind of off in rural Healdsburg, right? Yeah. Like off a of frontage road, gravel road. So we had a lot of empty land around us that, man. After playing Legend of Zelda when I was seven years old, which is just the story of a boy venturing deeper into the mountains, mm-hmm. we would spend a Saturday just walking up into hills, right? Not knowing what we find. We once spent so long on a, on a weekend digging a big-ass hole just out in a field. Somebody probably <laughs> somebody had to, probably killed a sheep at some point <laughs> falling into this death pit. We just like wanted to see what it would be like to dig the deepest hole we could dig, yeah. right? That was... Uh, that was a little 1989 kind of entertainment. That's that I was mean, a specific exactly. era of being a kid. When you right? weren't listening to your record albums, you yeah, you'd go out and <laughs> dig a hole. You play in the hole, yeah, play in the dirt. We lived near creeks and we did all that kind of stuff and dug holes near them, and it was the best. Yeah, we had video games, sure, but man, I dug a lot of <laughs> creeks and and like uh, found a lot of old wood and shit up in the hills. You know, mm-hmm. you looked for treasure. So cool looking for treasure when you were a kid. And these kids are looking for geodes and other yeah. treasure in this cool pit. I was uh, I was walking uh, along some path near a creek the other day, and man, I felt just such an urge to go into the creek. Same man, I get it <laughs> like, too. Just to I go, get it too. I was like, man, I just want to go stomp around in that creek right now. The first time, <laughs> me and my friends found like you know one of those long drainage tunnels, mm. but you could see the light at the other side, so you knew it wasn't a total blind journey, dude. I remember crawling. The first time I found out the church had like one of those crawl spaces that you can get under. Oh, brother, me and my buddy Mark crawled under that church. Right. What bones are this animal? I don't know, but I guarantee my mom doesn't want me crawling underneath the church right now. That shit's great. 
I miss those days, right? Mm-hmm. I miss the imagination I had in those days. And this movie feels like those kind of kids having a great imagination yeah. weekend. That's the comfort Or a of it. real satanic nightmare. Or the world's about to end because they've... They talk about the old gods, how they brought back the uh, the Lovecraftian old gods in this thing. <laughs> the old gods. I also love when a movie like this has like, so basically this, Terry listens to this record album, and it's <laughs> this band that all died right after they made the record, spells out the entire plot device of the movie. I love <laughs> yeah. when someone just knows what it is, and this is it. And No, just like they've got the whole book here, and it tells you there's the picture of the demon that you'll see later. There's this and that. Extensive liner notes in the gatefold of, of dead altars yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I didn't catch the name of the band. It's a fake band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Venom patch is real, but the album it art, was, art uh, is fake. I feel like uh, I remember because I was – it's like misspelled. It's, it was like Sacrifice. But with like a YX at the end or something of sacrifice. In the same way that Terry's dad misspells business in his note that says he's gone on a business trip. That's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> bad vibes there. I don't want to know what Away kind of business Away on business. He's... <laughs> like, yeah. Drop the eye there. Pizza on counter. This guy shouldn't have a kid. Look at Banner. Terry's Michael. got some bad years ahead. Yeah, I know. You feel bad for Terry. And the fact that these kids stay with it so well as these slimy rubber-suited demons are running towards the house. Ah, oh, these little demons. As Glenn, the face-melting effect on Glenn's dad. Yeah. And Glenn's dad's, his zombie dad starts choking him and Glenn just mushes his hands into his face. Cool, cool practical All good 80s horror movies have some sort of face dissolving or tearing away from flesh scene. And, and they're all so perfect. Have you ever met one you didn't like? The cheapest ones, mm-hmm. as long as, like, suddenly... This one, it looks like just like they had milk coming out of a yeah, rubber doll. Yeah, just like doll. condensed milk squirting through good. eye holes. Yeah. It's like perfection. <laughs> you cannot improve on this. Milk coming out of the eye holes, but then, gr- like, green goo on Glenn's hands that then disappears when he gets back in the house. I love the... Yeah. I love how this movie has this whole sequence of just like really random shit happening yeah like they go down in the basement and there's like a picture of the family all bloodied yeah never never explore that again just like a real quick moment of like oh by the way like nightmare picture the real hell is like tricking your brain into seeing these things these kids are all going through these insane flashbacks it's like william friedkin's bug (laughs) but with 11 year olds exactly (laughs) all these demons when terry falls down the demon pit he falls into the pit. That pit feels so deep. I loved the... I love stop-motion animation. Yeah, But this absolutely. felt really like... His blend of stop-motion with like forced perspective, men in rubber slimy suits, really feels like a heavyweight to be compared to, but had that Harryhausen effect down perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't tell which was which. I knew that there was like some shots of guys... In suits or a guy, mm-hmm. and then yeah, rubber uh, stop motion stuff. I really couldn't tell. The stop motion is so quick in this one. The stop motion is really These well. These little done. demons just jumping around looks like little guys jumping around. I'm telling you, the force perspective and uh, that kind of stuff used in the gate looks so much better than the same stuff in Army of Darkness mm. with all the little Bruce uh, Campbells. Sure. Oh yeah, those things look. Horrible. Yes. And this is so much cheaper. Six years earlier, in camp, the value of finding an incredible practical effects guy who just breathes this stuff. There's a reason these kind of guys transition into winning Oscars for Lord of the Rings, yeah, right? right? Well, yeah, Force Perspective. That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You can see the stuff he's honing his craft for the biggest movies of a decade mm-hmm. in The Gate. Peter Jackson saw his work in the gate at the same time he was making Dead Alive. He was like, hey, this guy's pretty good. I bet he can do a hell of a cheese wheel scene with Gandalf. No, actually, it's a pretty normal-sized cheese. Pretty normal cheese, but thanks to old Randall. Randall made that cheese huge. Uh, Enough to feed a table full of hobbits. Little hobbits. Oscar. Love him. Oscar that man. Career victory for the guy that did the gate. That's how it goes, right? You do Videodrome, you win seven Oscars for prestige shit, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. All of these Rick Baker types and his acolytes are just, God, 
how much I love the stuff that they contributed to this era. It wouldn't have been the same without these kind of visionaries. And this has some cool stuff. This, yeah. The effects work in this is really cool. I think the most iconic shot that you always see on, on in a GIF is the the zombie man falling and turning into all the little demons. That's good. So that's like a seamless shot of, from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Like you just you don't see any cuts. You don't see the film splice. It just moves so smoothly. Now, this was the same year I mentioned earlier as Dolls, which yeah. has um, again some of the most Fun, inventive, clever, forced perspective, and miniature work. Mm -hmm. And a movie that was cheap. But these movies knew where to allocate this budget. Oh, we're making a $4 million movie? Here's a cool, cheap way to look really cool and really unique. That goblin arm getting stuck in the door, getting cut off, and then turning into a bunch of squiggly little arms that go right under the... Yeah. It's so gross. It's clay. It's all clay. It looks like clay. And then, but then when it's like the arms under the bed, it's clearly just like this stick prop arm. Just a big old set of arms. (laughs) It's just a very. Yeah, man. Very It's all rubber suits. But it looks fun. Sometimes rubber suit stuff is just the best. Mm -hmm. It scratches the perfect itch. Because all at the same time, they're still doing some gross stuff and they're still getting some pretty good scares. When Terry's getting swarmed by the little goblins. And they're jumping up from cracks. Yeah. Were they, did they, they start just make a couple a of bit. cavernous sets? I want to see these pictures of normal men in a gigantic house set. Because <laughs> the effects look really good. For being so, I guess, cheap, they are also really good. Mm-hmm. And then more violence than you'd expect from these P- humble PG-13 rating. The eye stab is unexpected. Just a bloody the Barbie, Barbie leg. leg going into zombie Terry's eye. Yeah. Terry looks all messed up. And that that's, that particular shot scene in the closet felt very much like a dream, too, of like your friend's been taken away, but then they return, but there's someone else, but there's he's still yeah. saying, help me, Glenn, while he's attacking him in the closet. The surreality of this is really good. Yeah. It's that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's different phantasm. It's Canadian cheaper phantasm. Mm-hmm. And... And Steven Dorsk gets, like, blown ass over elbow out the front door at the end. <laughs> That's true. That was so good. He gets tossed around quite he a bit in this throwed. movie. Yeah. He gets like thrown more than, that, more than that one kid throwing around Angus. Yeah. <laughs> Smacking his head on the side of a door. Poor Angus. Dog got done bad. <laughs> Here's this cute dog. Now we're going to see a guy sling his dead corpse around. <laughs> He's going to keep coming back, and he'll be deader. Ah, here he is at the end. But yeah, man, when Dorf gets blown just ass out the door. <laughs> what a, like, because you some, even though this kid got blown to kingdom come, it also still felt triumphant. Mm-hmm. So it was like the big explosion at the end, but also Steven Dorf just, <laughs> like, sent straight out the door. Oh, I loved it. What a, what a climax. The big thing, that's a Peter Jackson ending. The big mother oh, yeah. puppet at the end of Dead Alive. Yeah, yeah, man. That thing was probably three feet tall at most, right? Killer clowns. The whole finish with that gigantic clown. It's just a guy in a big old, you know. Deadly spawn was it? Where the the oh, thing keeps? Oh yes. This is a, comes out of the mountain. Hundred deadly spawn. On, yeah. All the big teeth Why coming not? up behind the mountain at the end there. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. These guys, the Kyoto brothers, all the guys that work for Richard Pand, these get they get so much money, so much visual value out of their use of miniatures killer clown's just a big old guy in a clown suit stomping around on a (laughs) on a tiny truck tiny ice cream truck you know but that clown up on that big platform at the end with its puppeteer strings man that is scary (laughs) that is scary they got a big old good demon crashing up through the floorboards of this house he had tiny tiny little stupid clay arms. arms yeah I liked it. It felt, uh, I don't know if you, you noticed this, but the demon had like four eyes, four arms, a little like uh, Avatar y. James Cameron maybe taking Cameron a little. ripped the gate, huh? Taking a little piece out of the creature design here. Pretty low, James. <laughs> Pretty low to rip off the gate. I like how the old god in this, yeah, this big guy comes out. He's not quite sure what he's doing or what, what the plan <laughs> is. He's like, all right, so you summoned me, but I'm kind of stuck in this hole still. Uh, 
the hole is the entry. What are yeah. you? You're a kid. Let's check you out. He kind of like lifts him up a little bit. He's like, all right, this kid's cool. All right, I'm going to go back down on the hole for a sec. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you, you later. Know, I don't know if we really need a visual old guy. <laughs> like, the Satanism stuff's cool enough. We don't need like, metal albums never have the depiction of God. It's just mm-hmm. all the Satan stuff. So the old gods, we don't need to actually. But I had mentioned Harryhausen earlier. That monster at the end is a Harryhausen guy. Oh, the same sure. way he moves his head in a little art, like, oh, it's perfect. Imagine getting to be a guy. You know this guy watched Harryhausen stuff. There's no reason he, no way he's doing these little effects if he didn't see Ray Harryhausen double features on a, on oh, a yeah. weekend, right? Absolutely. To get to do those things and then just make a career out of it. How can you not love these guys? This movie is so heavily driven by these effects. Mm-hmm. Without them, even with the great relationship of Glenn and Terry and Al, three old men from the West Side, <laughs> it, it needed kids. these of-the-era effects. It needs these. I don't know how good The Gate 2 is, <laughs> but I am interested in seeing. The one we do need to see is I, Madman. That's the other old Tibor Takax. Oh, okay. One with Jenny Wright. And the blonde from Near Dark. I know that name. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. I think I, Mad Man is a cool, cool movie. I think I read uh, looking at it because, yeah, I was looking to see what else Terry had done, the actor. And it's like <laughs> four or five credits. But I think one of them is reprising his role as Terry in The Gate 2. Oh, man. But I it's need... like he's the only one that returns. And he's obviously. the only return, so that's the Terry picture. Sounds like Gate 2 just got bumped up. <laughs> <laughs> I need more of this kid. It's like when you find the triumphant the, return of Terry. The kid in Happiness only did one movie. It's like, I mean, I get why he only did one movie, but damn, I need more of that kid. <laughs> if you found out there was another role where he's playing that same character, oh, I'm gonna need the gate too. Curly's gold. <laughs> I'm there. But yeah, this is good. I I did not have this PG-13 experience when I was a kid, mm. but I got to go over to slumber parties and watch Arachnophobia. And city slickers. All right, maybe that's not. It <laughs> wasn't wasn't as scary. I don't know, man. City slickers goes hard. <laughs> Honestly, all right. There's a few scenes that are Bruno like Kirby, way too intense. When Helen Slater's like flirting with Billy Crystal, and then she goes off to bed, and Bruno Kirby's like, "She wanted to wear your ass as a hat." <laughs> I had no idea what that means then, and I have no idea what it means now. I have no idea what he could have meant by Helen Slater wearing <laughs> Billy Crystal's ass as a hat. But when I was nine in the, like, the sort of I'm just like, yeah, I get that. I know what this means. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> You're playing it cool. I am, you have to play it cool, right? Yeah. In Arachnoph- That's the best part of watching a horror movie at a slumber party is the playing it cool. I, I mean, know other yeah. kids were scared during arachnophobia, but you couldn't let yourself show. You grew up watching these right. movies with friends, right? You bonded over the Wolfman having nards, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so kids now getting, I don't know, a quiet place. That's getting watched at sleepovers. That's a PG thirteen horror, right? That's what they get. I guess so. And that's important. I'm excited for whatever kids watching Megan. At a that's the one. Party, that's right? the one nowadays. Yeah, that's the new new era of PG. All of those. Uh, James Wan stuff. All the, the James Wan stuff right? are all PG-13. The Conjuring, all those, man. Yeah. Those are the slumber party ones. Those were... The Nun. The Nun. <laughs> Kids are watching The Nun. I guarantee They're probably they're... watching Ouija the movie. Oh, I guarantee you know, it. You know that's a big they're, one. They're digesting the Annabelles yeah. while eating some shitty Papa Murphys. <laughs> and it's the best. It's never going to be better. Nobody told me watching Monster Squad was never going to get better than that. While we're... While we're freezing people's underwear that fall asleep early. Yeah. They didn't tell you those those were the days. <laughs> so while The Gate was not that memory for me, this is a movie that made those memories for people. Too important. Too important for words. This is horror cinema. This is 87 horror cinema, right? This is, yeah, like I said, this is a, a turning point for a lot of people. Getting into horror, getting into the heavy metal maybe. Maybe there's a kid out there who's like, I want to know more about Killer Dwarves. I need to know about these Killer Dwarves. I like Who's Venom. I'm I'm Terry. I need to be more like Terry. There needs to be more movies with the Terrys of the world, like Gate 2. This one is for the Terrys, absolutely. This really does feel like that kind of movie where 
it's not trying to uh, play with like the kooky kid characters. Mm-mm. These feel like just real normal kids named Glenn and Terry. Glenn, Terry, and Al—three <laughs> regular-looking kids. Yeah, that was the best they're part. They're good of those. kids. They're not. They're, they're not good crazy, kids, right? Yeah, they're innocent kids. They're trying to clean up at the at the. They're having the party, but they're cleaning up at the party. The best part of those "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" episodes is it's all kids in Canadian suburb, and the girls have bangs, <laughs> and the boys have shirts that are like that weird 1991 3XL oh, shirt. Oh man, the sleeves on this kid. Why are were long. the Why were the you know, shirts so? Look big. at those. Those shorts are like culottes. These kids are swimming in those things, and they all have that same short parted haircut. Just, I remember that. Yep. And then they go in a haunted house. And it's the best. It's the best kind of horror. You steal a clown's nose, and it's all downhill from oh, there. Oh God, Zebo! I love the gate. The gate's a great movie. Yeah, this is so cool. These movies are important. We'll have to do. We'll have to bump up some more. I Tibor. I feel like the gate's one that's hard to find. I I had to like Google it and like get a Vimeo link. Like, <laughs> it's probably. It's, I think it's on Tubi. It's probably. Okay. I, I watched it on Tubi. It might be earlier. on the Tubi. All right. It was off of. Uh, it got like a Blu-ray a few years ago. Did it's, it? Okay. It's pricey. It, it got you know, its re-release. You got to drop like 30 on it if you get the Blu-ray mm. of it. So it got it, but it's still kind of prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. But I bet 2B's got it. I think I watched it on 2B. Okay. I forget where. Because I'm don't got. i not dropping 30 on the gate. <laughs> I might talk about how much I love the gate, but come on. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm glad they brought back Angus. Yeah. It's good to see. That's again. That whole ending is like everyone's safe now, and the sun comes out, and Angus is alive. It's like this is a dream. <laughs> this whole thing was fake. This was just a. dream. These kids are having a fun fantasy weekend. Yeah, the best kind of weekend. Oh, came Shoot, to this. shooting off rockets in the house, <laughs> leaving burn marks in the ceiling. Yeah, wrecking the floorboards. Dogs dying, <laughs> but, but it's hey, all okay. It's all okay. Yeah, it all worked out in the end. What a nice movie. It's Get a feel it. good. It's a feel good flick. It really Absolutely, is. it really does. It the sun shines at the end. <laughs> it almost feels like a little Wizard of Oz kind of like. I kept just... waiting for the Freddy ending. Right, right. Where it, it comes it ended, out at the end. And it ended it's so like, You thought suddenly. a rocket could kill me? Yeah, one an little old model God. rocket. Seriously, just because you believe in the power of light or some shit. <laughs> yeah. They never really explained that. No, this movie. That's for as much movie. as they talk about how much the gods are doing this and that. They, they kind of go like, yeah, you defeat it by being happy. You know, the perfect thing, the <laughs> best thing, the con- those Conjuring movies, so many of those Wanverse movies are exactly like The Gate, and they are 85 minutes. Yeah. You get it. That is a thing that they get. The Gate is 85 minutes. It does not explain a lot. You can look at several things as plot holes, but it doesn't really matter. Who has time to sit back and criticize The Gate? Mm-hmm. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. No, this is good. Yeah, this is this is comfort cinema. I've never seen The Gate Two. I, that needs to. There's change. talk of Terry. That needs to change. <laughs> I'm there. It's the next. It's all right. It's all the right. next episode. All right. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night.